Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Stephen Thompson. I'm here with NPR Music contributor Christina Lee. Hey, Stephen. From Radio Milwaukee, Tariq Moody. Howdy, Stephen. And another NPR Music contributor, Serena Toros. Hey, Stephen. We are talking about the best albums out today, starting with M.I.A. and her new album, Mata. This song is called The One. Got a ticket for the city that's fire. Tech nine for the side that fire. Add a protest like, come on and try it. Put your picket down, come on and Mata is M.I.A.'s sixth album. It's also her first in six years, though just based solely on how that song sounds. I can't believe it's actually been that long, right? In an interview with Zane Lowe, she described this record as the album people hoped that she would make following the success of Paper Planes, which is funny. I didn't know that context going in, but if you were to hear songs like The One, but also just the upbeat attitude in songs like KTP, it reminded me just a lot of that era in music when people were just obsessed and you could not escape that song. But as ever, I feel like this this album is sort of like quintessential MIA, right? Like she's sampling from hip hop, but she's also sampling from traditional Indian music as heard as energy frequency. And as always, she's indebted to sound system culture as heard in the song popular. Love me, suddenly it's about me, about me. Now you wanna be around me, around me. Cause I love myself, I'm living my best life. I got the best sweets, I got the best sheets. I got the best seats, best shoes on my feet, bitches on my body, cause it's stampede. Yeah, I feel like M.I.A. is not a trend chaser, so even if she takes a giant break between albums, she still sounds really fresh. She still feels brash and adventurous and not really concerned with what the mainstream is doing. You know, after her last album, 2016's AIM, I feel like she had lost a little bit of that fire and urgency that characterized so much of her previous albums. But here she sounds totally reinvigorated. Yeah, I think reinvigorated is a good word for it. You know, it's it's wild to me that she has been around for 20 years now, that she was one of the artists who was on the forefront of being discovered and celebrated and passed around on the internet. Right. And that, that she helped kind of mark the transition into music being an internet-driven phenomenon. And it's wild to me, like listening to this record, that she's been, just been around that long because it still sounds so vibrant. I agree with you, Stephen. Like production-wise, last time I, I was really blown away by production that that M.I.A. was on is probably Bad Girl. This album's production just reminds me of the early days of M.I.A. And it just felt good. I mean, I was just bouncing all over the, all over the wall at my house, playing with my cat. It just <laughs> it was it was refreshing to hear her. I feel like she kind of went back to her roots, at least on production-wise. You know, I actually feel like she's a, a forebear of a lot of hyper-pop 
right now, and I would really be excited to see people take her influence and run with it. That's M.I.A. Her new album, Mata, is out today. Let's go next to Tuvelu. Tuvelu's new album is called Dirt Femme. This track is Two Die Four. You don't look like in your photo You're prettier than that Now I kinda wish that you said so Would've put in more effort I believe we call that colloquially a banger. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Tuvalu's fifth album, and you might notice that we're pronouncing it differently. The the drag queens have set us straight. It's not Tovlo, it's Tuvalu. RuPaul taught me this. Man, RuPaul has lessons for us all. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think if you've been listening to this show this year... And as we've been going through a lot of these big pop albums, I think you might kind of notice that pop music is having an identity crisis. And it has for a couple years ever since hip hop has become the dominant commercial and billboard genre. And I feel like our A-listers have gone really genre specific, like Beyonce. And, you know, our other heavy hitters have just like not really delivered. But I put these singles on and I was like, Thank God, somebody knows how to write a top line. Like, Tovlo <laughs> is one of our best... Oh, you just said Tovlo. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> Tuvalu is one of our best pop songwriters. Yeah, I love this record. And the title of the record is Dirt Femme, and it's alluding to the central idea behind this record, which is how she is embracing femininity in a form that is scuffed up and reveling in imperfections and complications. And that really comes through in the lyrics. There's a song on this record called Suburbia that is like reflecting on, you know, on childlessness and aging and doubt and and, and kind of how she sees herself and, and the parts of herself that she embraces versus parts of herself that she doesn't. Just let me talk this through. much as these are pop bangers, there's some lyrical weight to them. There's a song called Grapefruit that's looking at body image. She's, to me, like, she is a very, very, very smart crafter of songs, and I'm just interested in her point of view. I'm always, across her other albums, too, I've just always been interested in her point of view. Yeah, I think she's someone with with big ideas, and she knows how to execute them, and that's not to be taken for granted. That's Tuvelu. 
Her new album is Dirt Femme. Now let's go next to Mickey Blanco. Mickey Blanco has a new album called Stay Close to Music. This song is Trust a Little Bit. Trust a little bit, little bit, little bit. Trust a little bit. Trust a little bit, little bit, little bit. Just a little bit. What you see when you look at me. You think when you blink and you cannot breathe, I cannot leave. The feeling is inconclusive, so elusive, borderline damn abusive. Hold your heart while you hold my hand. These situations we cannot plan. Faith in me, shorty, faith indeed. Let's be one, no forsaking me. I do bad, you do bad too. You point at me, I point at you. Silly shit, it's not division, crash collision. Got my witness, trust I'm in this, trust I'm with this. No bad business, I'm straight up. I can't front on the one I love. A different high, yo, it ain't no buzz. It must be love, it so must be trust. Just a little history. Mickey's been in the game for about 10 years. Multi-genre bending artist that uh, really blends a lot of styles. Most of the tracks I've been a fan of have been very aggressive in your face. Albums like Gay Dog Food, Mickey Blanco and the Mutant Angels, and my favorite, the 2016 debut release. Mickey has really put a stamp in hip-hop. And on this album, they... I wouldn't call it a departure, more of a kind of an evolution, more self-reflective, spiritual, and almost in a sense kind of an Afro-futuristic hip-hop album that really puts black people, especially black queer and black trans, in spaces that they're normally not in. And it's full of collaboration, and every single collaboration in this album works amazingly. Michael Stipe, Saul Williams, Evandra Banhart... Anony. Yeah, brings this album together. I think 10 years ago when I was first coming to know Mickey Blanco's music, you know, Mickey Blanco would talk about working with the likes of Kathleen Hanna and with the way that they toyed with alter egos reminded me so much of just Nicki Minaj with how they just attack, would attack these songs with like aggression and fervor and lots of street smarts. Whereas with this, I am almost, I am somehow surprised by how well all of this works. I do think my favorite song on here is actually Family Ties. That's the one featuring Michael Stipe. You complain enough, it just gets old. You think you won't resolve them. I know you tried to let things go. I'm here to fix everything, try to save everything. Keep it up, don't ever fold. And notably, Mickey talked about how this was the first time they felt like they didn't have to rap at all, was just able was able to find their voice rather without having to rap. And somehow it just works. And I think it's because of the confidence. And maybe it's the confidence that they built over the ten year, past 10 years in their artistry. Another favorite of mine is French Lessons, which apparently it's a ode to Lou Reed. It pairs an anony and an amazing Kelsey Lou on a track that reminds me of like drinking champagne in a bathtub. Such a fun, <laughs> fun song. But it's like the song, according to Mickey, the song is a reflection on the possibility of true love 
on the notion that only truly can experience what we see in the Hollywood films. And I guess that visual of drinking champagne in a bathtub is, seems very Hollywood, I guess, to me. Yeah, it's remarkable how often these lyrics take vulnerability, spirituality, and carnality and just kind of make them all swirl together seamlessly. That's a, that's a very, very hard thing to pull off, and they do it throughout this record. I mean, it's, this is a very, very quotable record. <laughs> I think this is also the first album where I feel like I'm really coming to know Mickey's own spiritual upbringing. They've talked about how their father was a psychic and the mom was actually trained as a minister. So that's been a thorough line throughout their life. But I love the way that it sort of, I guess, manifests and plays out on this album. And, you know, speaking to Stephen's point about like quotables in Carry On with Yancey, there's this line that goes, let me clean my chakras so I can talk to you proper. I figure this, life is but a gift. Let me clean my chakras so I can talk to you proper. Beware of false idols popping off like they prophets, profiting from your pockets. That's just not cute. And it's just something that I immediately want to put on a doormat to greet folks before they walk in. Oh, so quotable. Mickey Blanco's new album is Stay Close to Music. We've got a few more records that we want to play for New Music Friday, but first, let's take a quick break. This message comes from NPR Music's 2022 lead sponsor, State Farm. For more than a decade, NPR's Alt-Latino has celebrated Latinx arts and culture through music, stories, and conversation. The Alt-Latino team strives to make this show for and by their community, creating a space where music can spark meaningful conversations about culture. Now, after working to reimagine the show for more than a year, Alt Latino is relaunching with a new look, sound, and a new co-host, Ana Maria Sayer, who joins Alt Latino founder Felix Contreras. State Farm is proud to support NPR podcasts like Alt Latino, and they believe a good neighbor is the heart of every great community, whether it's lending a hand or just being there to offer support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Stephen Thompson. We are looking at some of the best new albums out today, October 14th. Next up is The 1975. The 1975 has a new album called Being Funny in a Foreign Language. The song is I'm in Love With You. love this band. I think this band is overhyped. I see some dude bro tweet about this band, how he doesn't get it, and I hear Kill Bill sirens in my head. 
I think this band is cringe. I think this band is brilliant. I think this band will never top love it if we made it. I think I cannot make up my mind about this band and I kind of love that about it. Man, the 1975 is so polarizing and so online. So if you've never heard of them, I like want some tips on how to log off <laughs> from you. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I think being funny in a foreign language is the most even keeled album from this group. And this is maybe where my tastes diverge from other listeners, but that's not really what I appreciate about them. Some of what makes them great is that they're very challenging and that what they're capable of is like very fractured. First of all, I should say that reading about this album did make me very exhausted. In the sense that <laughs> just because it was talking about like how outspoken Maddie Healy has been in the past and I'm sorry but there's a lot of self-importance if you're going to call yourself soft cancelled which I did read in interviews <laughs> so at first I was like wait I don't know if I'm ready for this but I do see this album as means of reestablishing perhaps some of the goodwill that they might have had before he was soft canceled per se. Like this album went down so much easier than perhaps I expected that by the time you get to the conclusion when we are together and it has that line about like it was poorly handled the day we both got canceled. I had to like <laughs> sit back for a second and I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought we had moved past this by now. What's going on? I like socks with sandals. She's more into scented candles. Oh, I'll never get that smell out of my back. It was poorly handled the day we both got Everything Serena said, I I felt like you had 40 different takes on this record. <laughs> I do. And that is appropriate. Like, that is, I think, the correct <laughs> response to a 1975 record, which is to be into it and exhausted with it at the same time. And I, you know, I definitely had that experience with Notes on a Conditional Form, you know, which is so overstuffed. And this record feels much more contained, as you said, sonically, with that kind of 80s production. I mean, there were definitely moments on this record where I'm like, this is the 1985. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that cocaine sax comes in, right? Oh my God, there's so much little sax flourishes on this record. But lyrically, it is just as janky and all over the place as ever. And like, there's a line, he says, quote, I know some vaccinista tote bag chic baristas sitting in East on their communista keisters. And then in the same song, I like my men like I like my coffee full of soy milk and so sweet it won't offend anybody whilst staining the pages of the nation. And it's, you have painted a picture, you have expressed what you were trying to express, but it is so many words. And he makes, he can make self-deprecation seem extremely egotistical. <laughs> I mean, just the line, am I, am I just some post-coke average skinny bloke, there's that internal rhyme, mm -hmm. calling his ego imagination? And it's like, there's a self-awareness there, but it's also so full of itself at the same time. I ultimately come down really pro this band, mm -hmm. but they test you. Yeah, I don't want to seem like I didn't like the album. I like the album, I just didn't like it 
more than other 1975 albums. But I do agree with you, Stephen. Like, Matty Healy's ego is always on trial in his music and <laughs> online. And I think that's good for him. That's the 1975. Their new album is Being Funny in a Foreign Language. We're going to close out this week's show with a lightning round. But first, we've got one more pick. Ruichi Sakamoto has a new album. It is the soundtrack to the Netflix anime series Exception. This track is called Opening for Exception. is a new soundtrack to a Netflix anime called Exception. Ryuchi Sakamoto, best known for being a member of Yellow Magic Orchestra and for most people, probably his most successful score was the 1987 film The Last Emperor. Just real quick, just to let people know, I am an anime fan. I subscribe to Crunchyroll, <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, I got hoodies. So I am, I am all about the anime here. Just a little background on the story. It was written by Hirotaka Adachi with character designs by Yoshitaka Amano, who's best known for doing Final Fantasy games, but more importantly, collaborated with Neil Gaiman, one of my favorite writers, on a great book called The Sandman, The Dream Hunters, which if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. But the anime is kind of a sci-fi space horror where there is no escape. I mean, I, I think about 2001 Space Odyssey when I listen to this record a lot. There was so much tension throughout this album, both in the old-fashioned kind with the sweeping orchestral parts. Like, I'm thinking in the final moments of conclusion where you're just sitting in dark ambiance and all of a sudden there's just stabs of horns that jolt you awake. But then, yeah, there's also just like the unease that Ryuchi Sakamoto masterfully creates with electronica. Like I'm even thinking about uh, songs like Operating the Drone, which is a good reminder as any that before we had terms like synthwave, there was Yellow Magic Orchestra being this pioneering force in electronica music, right? So I did appreciate how even though the larger aim with the main theme was to create something symphonic akin to Star Wars, Ryuchi Sakamoto takes time to flex here and shows the subtle range in his wide-spanning sound, how he can do both the electronica and the classic compositions that we've seen in this film scores. I can tell this series is going to mess with my Netflix algorithms. <laughs> How dare it? <laughs> because my, my, this is like meant to hit everything my kids are excited about. <laughs> like you just check the boxes of Final Fantasy and horror and <laughs> yeah, very, very excited for the show and uh, loved getting lost in this in two hours of 
some sometimes they're fragments, sometimes they're longer, more evocative pieces. It's a really beautiful piece of music. That's Ruichi Sakamoto. His new album is the soundtrack to the anime series Exception. We couldn't get to every worthwhile album out on October 14th, so let's do a quick lightning round of some of the other big releases out today. Christina Lee, kick us off. This is another one of those weeks where it was really hard to shout out just one album. You know, being in Atlanta, it would be very, very, very remiss of me not to mention It's Only Me, which is Lil Baby's follow-up to 2020's Harder Than Ever, which was the most streamed album of that year. But I guess for this particular lightning round, I do want to shout out the album Laughing So Hard It Hurts by Mavi. But when I get into heaven, God hand me a blunt. And it's some runs, be on some communist shit, so these niggas that stuck. When I asked for a cut, took off number 10 bands off of my first honey. Getting legacy drunk and learning legally, just a right see the game that this come with. No this artist from Charlotte specializes in introverted rap that sort of documents his independent music grind. Though, as heard in songs like Reason, he I can also hear him growing more comfortable with the path ahead. Serena Toros, give us your pick. Yeah, the L.A. artist A.O. Gerber is back with her sophomore album, and she's so crafty with a slow burn build. All of her songs do this and have this great tension and release. And just like a great slow burn, this album, Meet Me at the Gloaming, really caught me in the middle. And I'm really interested in the song Four, which feels like the bridge of the album. But I feel like it really encapsulates this idea of uncertainty, transition, you know, staking a place at the in-between. So that's A.O. Gerber, and her sophomore album is called Meet Me at the Gloaming. I quickly want to throw in a shout-out for the debut album by Planes, which is a super duo of Waxahachie's Katie Crutchfield and the terrific singer-songwriter Jess Williamson. Uh, Their first album is called I Walked With You A Ways, but I don't want to let the episode pass without mentioning the new album by the Australian-born singer Betty Who. Her new fourth album is called Big! with an exclamation point. It's full of brash, fun, synth-pop songs. The songs are inspirational and sometimes self-effacing. It's really charming stuff. In my old fourth floor apartment where I lived the year that I dropped out of school. That'll do it for New Music Friday. Christina Lee, Tariq Moody, Serena Toros, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you want to hear all the music we've featured on this week's show, along with a bunch of other great new music out today, we've got expanded playlists in Apple Music and on Spotify. Search for NPR's New Music Friday playlist in either of those apps. Don't forget to bookmark the Now Playing blog at NPR Music. That is packed with song recommendations that'll help you stay caught up on great new music. You'll also want to sign up for NPR Music's weekly newsletter. It is put together by the superb Marissa LaRusso. To subscribe, go to npr.org 
org slash music newsletter. This week's show was edited by Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton, who has not only is not only the host of this show, but has been enormously, enormously helpful to me in the last however many weeks that I have been guest hosting in his absence. Robin has been pulling many, many strings behind the scenes to make this job much, much easier. And as much as I pretend to loathe the man in public, I'm enormously grateful for his guidance and friendship. He is going to be back next week, which we are all very excited about. From NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Stephen Thompson encouraging you to be well, take a break, and treat yourself to lots of great music. Yes, she can dance.